Everybody, welcome to episode 139 of Game My Mom Found. I am Mike Halberton, and who's patrolling the night with me tonight? Well, if it's Batman, it's gotta be me, Kenneth Sanity. <laughs> Once point. again, ready to talk about the Dark Knight again. <laughs> and our special guest. Uh, yeah, my name is Blair Farrell. I died of excitement after being on the Spider-Man episode, and I was crudely defibrillated back to life to talk about a Batman game developed in my home country. Mm. And where might people know you from? Well, uh, you might know me from my website, comicbookvideogames.com, which is topical about uh, what we're going to discuss today. All right, and we do have a spooky Patreon poll starting. This month, when you're hearing this episode, we you get four movies to choose from the vote for it. We have to watch or suffer through for me because I don't like horror movies. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984, The Witch from 2015, Reanimator from 1985, or Poltergeist from 1982. For as little as a dollar, you can vote in our Patreon poll. Just go down the show notes. You will see a link to the Patreon. Go in there, and you can vote and choose what movie we are going to cover in October. It is. <laughs> Very much so. So this, so we're gonna we we are talking about Batman Arkham Origin Origins from 2013, published by Warner Brothers and then developed by WB Games Montreal. Now this game I feel like gets a lot of hate because it's not as good as Arkham City, but I feel like that's not the developer's fault. I'm assuming this was rushed, is what I'm assuming, just based on the way that it feels at times. Like it's a quality game, but I feel like there were things that were, you know, just some you know like the publisher was like you need to get this out now so we don't care just ship it type of thing i wonder if any of that's true or not i i I didn't look up anything about the development of this game really one thing i know is that even playing it now because i i remember when it was out one of the big issues was that it rough like i remember playing it on 360 and there was times when the console would like hard freeze and this time around and i know i know since then they patched it up a little but i played on my ps3 and there was one point where my system hard locked. Like I had to, I was almost threatening to unplug my console because it wouldn't turn off just as I used one of the Batwing war points. <laughs> and okay. see, I played this on my PS4. Did you have any issues? Now? <laughs> yeah, I played it on PS now. <laughs> and um, I didn't have any lockups. Okay. But I was also streaming it the entire time and. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but unfortunately, I didn't have a reason to stop playing this. <laughs> I, I played this on PC, and I found out through reading comments and things that I don't think they ever patched the PC version. Because I ran into a, t- I mean, a ton of bugs. Nothing that affected gameplay, nothing that froze the game. Just dumb bugs, like I was fighting a guy at one point. And I beat everybody in the fight, but there was still one guy just standing there. So I went to go hit him, but he wasn't actually there. He was just, the model was there, but it didn't register. And I was like, okay. There were a bunch of little things like that that happened to me where I would just, I could just tell something was wrong. But it didn't affect the game, per se, for me. I didn't have any crashes, though, at least. But yeah, they didn't patch PC, I don't think, from the sound of it, because they weren't allowed to. And when this first launched pre any patches there were a lot of problems with people like falling through textures and it was kind of a mess it happens and i think probably a big part this game is just like eh, it's fine is that it isn't developed by rocksteady like rocksteady put all the work in on arkham asylum and on arkham city and that dlc for arkham city (laughs) 
but this was done by WB Games Montreal, who had previously ported Arkham City to the Wii U. <laughs> Which I think is a good port. Yeah, actually, I believe it was. It's fine. It's literally the same game with some weird armor costumes on Batman and Catwoman. And there's some interesting stuff with the tablet, but it's literally the same game. Oh, that's right. It was the armored edition, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And they're also doing uh, Gotham Knights, too. And I'm not sure who's there now, but I mean, the thing about because for researching this episode, I um, because I bought the Game Informer covers uh, magazine for when this came out because it came out. I think I'm going to say January or February. It was a long time before the game came out. And like the studio itself, I think they just had the Arkham Origins or the Arkham Asylum Wii U port under their belt. But a lot of the names in the studio are like pretty seasoned developers. Like the creative director, his name is Eric Holmes. He works on the Battlefield games now. But previously, he worked at Radical on stuff like Prototype and Ultimate Destruction, uh, Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction, rather. And the writer was Corey May, who did the Assassin's Creed games, I think, up until I don't know. But he did (laughs) 2 and Brotherhood, which are probably the ones I like the most. Those are the best. And one of the senior producers also worked at Ubisoft on like the 2008 Prince of Persia game. So, I mean, there were some choice people here. Okay. Just the studio didn't have a name. You mentioned a lot of fun games, and I don't know what happened here. I still have a great time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really enjoy playing this game every time I throw it in. Yeah, this is... I think I might enjoy this more than Arkham City, to be honest with you, at times. Which is weird, because I feel like it's because I played Arkham City so recently that this just felt unbearable. That's probably why, because we, yeah, Arkham City was just a few months ago at this, well, earlier this year, at some point. I don't remember when we did it, but yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It I mean, part of the thing with this, with this game is that, I mean, the reason why we don't have Rock City making it is because Rock City's working on Arkham Knight for next gen, and I'm assuming W, you know, WB wanted something out before the system switched over, so then they put mm-hmm. the studio in charge of this game, and they just re, and they, you know, they reused all the assets, which again, I mean, a development began in 2011, and this game came out in 2013, so that probably played a little bit of it too. That's not a whole lot of time, I feel like, for a AAA title. Again, I don't make games, but I do read enough. Well, there was two years between Asylum and City. Mm, okay. And actually, it's interesting because I remember when this came out, because people, you know, it kind of reuses assets and it's a new studio. I honestly thought that this was going to be WB Games' attempt at annualizing Batman, where <laughs> each developer would take a year off, and that kind of never happened. I'm kind of happy about that because yeah. I thought it was going to be like, here's City, and then we're going to have the WB Games Montreal one, and then Night, and then another one, and kind of alternate it year in, year out, like a certain annual franchise <laughs> that I really don't want to mention the name of for personal reasons. Mm, uh, Fair <laughs> enough, don't bother. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go that route, though, because it kind of would, it kind of felt like that, because at the same time that you had this game came out, I want to say even like the same month, yeah, the same month that this came out, they also released Arkham Origins for PSP, uh, PS Vita and, and 3DS. 
It was within um, days of one another. It was yeah. this and Lego Marvel superheroes and Arkham Origins Blackgate were in the same five days. It's and they're all from the same Origins publisher, Blackgate actually. It's just fun. It's a better game than this. <sighs> oh, I feel the I think that game is a more of a mess than this one. Mm, I bet if, you if you play the unpatched version, I played the 3DS version, which never got patched, which I started playing a long time ago and couldn't beat it because there's a game breaking glitch in that game that never got fixed. And I got See, it. I finished it on 3DS and I played the 360 version and both. My big problem with that game is that I hate Metroid style games where the map just isn't strictly 2D, like you're reading a map and then. To get to one section, you have to go through a vent that goes to another part of the map and essentially made the map totally unreadable. And they tried to fix that for when they put it on consoles, but they didn't really fix it. So it was just clumsy to navigate. It's going to be on the show next. You're <laughs> not yeah. next, but next next Batman game we do. So with Origins, one thing I also that I do, I like the setting of this game, I should say, because the setting takes place. I think the story is the strongest point. I think the story, the setting, all that is the strongest point of this game, and it's why I enjoy it so much, is that you have it taking place Christmas Eve. You have it, you know, the game starts off very quickly where you are in Blackgate prison trying to stop a outbreak, prison break is the word I should be using, and you have Black Mass that is trying to, you know, is in there for some reason, and you fight Killer Croc for the, you see Killer Croc for the first time, which is their, I think, their first meeting. Mm-hmm. I mean... And he looks different than he does in the other Arkham games, but I'm fine with that. Like, it's an origin story, so, you know, I'm cool with him not looking as buff as he did in the other ones. That didn't bother me. And I, I think the setting was probably my favorite part of it, because it gave me really heavy Batman Return vibes. Because, you know, it takes place in the snow around Christmas, and it was just kind of cool. Yeah, like with this and Miles Morales, you kind of have like a one-two punch of Marvel DC Christmas games. Hmm. I haven't played Miles Morales yet. I have. Not. I would wait until at least November. I'm waiting until I get a PS5. So fair enough. <laughs> That's. I'm just waiting. I have no rush. <laughs> See you in November of 2022. <laughs> so I mean, I'm that's one that. thing that that grabs about the game, and I like the fact that this is a Batman Year One story, also, which I well, this is essentially Year Two, I should say. This is the second year he's in Batman, and I I like that. I don't have a lot of experience with Batman Year One because I never read the comic. I did watch the animated movie Batman Year One, which is pretty good from what I remember, but it's been a long time. So I was I was excited also to kind of see this early story of Batman, which I think takes place. I think is it eight years before Arkham or something like that. Before Arkham Asylum? Yeah, eight years before Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Which sounds about right. I like. I know people have complaints with that. Like they had complaints of the fact that he meets all these villains in one day for the first time. I'm okay with that. Like, it's fine. I don't have a problem with that. <clears throat> well, the framing device really makes that work. Yeah. Like you have Black Mask hiring all of these assassins to collect a fifty million dollar bounty. On Batman's head. So it makes sense. Yeah. And and I like that as a setting. I like the whole fact that like Black Mask puts this 50 million, you know, bounty on. Is it 50 million? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a lot of fucking money. Uh, puts that's this huge bounty on money. him, which then attracts, what is it, eight different assassins? Yep. Okay. 
And I, I like that because it gives you an excuse to bring in a bunch of villains and even villains that I felt that had no point. But, you know, I was confused that they were there. But, hey, I, I like all of them. We'll get into it shortly. It's a cool concept. And I like <laughs> the fact that you're fighting Killer Croc, you know, which is one of the assassins right away as your first your first boss fight. And I was happy to say it wasn't a Bane fight. It wasn't I didn't have to fight him just like I fought Bane in other games. I didn't have to do any of that. I just fought him. It was fun. and I liked it. Even if the game made me have to fight him in a certain way at the end so he could fall off the thing, I was okay with it. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I, I like I seeing Killer Croc. I just like stories that have a Batman who isn't so sure of himself or is just completely who thinks he has all the answers but is completely wrong. Because you have, I feel like over the years, I guess people refer to it as Bat God, where he's just the normal guy, but he's actually the most powerful person in the room. So to see him like stumble and fall and fail at times and just be kind of rash and not as, I guess, refined as what you would see in Arkham Asylum, where he's, you know, you're walking in the sewers and he's like, oh, it's, it's Killer Croc is setting a trap for you. And he's like, no, I'm setting a trap for him or something like that. Or he's like, you, well, you're the bait. He's like, no, he's the bait. And I don't know, just that kind of cockiness in a sense. So it's just like see like a rougher Batman and that's exemplified by Roger Craig Smith, who's kind of way different than what Kevin Conroy is. Yeah, so theoretically younger Batman. Yeah. With a different suit. Like it's not as streamlined as the other bat suits. This one's still kind of bulky. He's got, you know, more obvious armor in it because he's just starting out. He hasn't really gotten too involved with the whole Wayne Tech aspect of things. Which like is it's, nice. it's an interesting concept. I I like the fact that he doesn't, you know, with this being a prequel story, he doesn't have all the abilities that he's normally used to. I mean, you know, they find a way to work in the different gadgets, and they, I like the gadget that you get. And I also like there's one scene early on when he's trying to interrogate someone, and he knocks them out too quickly. I, I like all that. That was cool to see. Yeah, but you brought up the interrogate function, which is one of my least favorite things in this game. It's better. It sucked in Arkham City. It sucks here. Except in here, you can't accidentally take out the guy. At least not on easy. Right. And not on normal either. Because that's what okay. I played it on. That's, I'm okay with that. Because I hated the fact that, like, okay, I hit the wrong button. Oh, I took out the guy. Oh, you know, there goes that. But now it's just like. Better start over. <laughs> you can't take him out. I mean, he will. they will literally just not let you. And I'm okay with that. I have no issue with the game being like, hey, we're going to throw you a freebie. You can throw me all the freebies you want. I will gladly take them. <laughs> so that made me happier because I didn't really. I mean, you don't have to interrogate people unless you're really going for the Riddler stuff. I mean, I did interrogate people if I found at first I was doing I was getting all of them. Then I stopped because I'm like, why? But that was more of a me thing, not the game. But yeah, no, I, it wasn't, it wasn't I've done it before. Sorry. Yeah, I, I've done it before. But for the purposes of this, I'm just like I'm just ignoring all of the Riddler stuff and hitting all the little radio towers i guess what are they called the Re relay stations yeah i i just ignored all that stuff for this time i mean the reward is not that great because i've done it in the past i even like last year i believe so yeah i'm sorry the who stuff what character riddler who's a riddler <laughs> i see where you're going with this they never say riddler do they no they call him enigma <laughs> i'm okay with that too even the Riddler can have like an edgelord MySpace name when he's just starting out. Is there like a cutscene or something if you do all his stuff? 
if you get all the Riddler stuff, the reward is like you go to his base and there's the pro, or I guess the what would come to be the Riddler trophies you would find in Asylum City and Night. Wait, are the collectible trophies in Arkham Knight? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a spell. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what it is. Essentially, that's it. It's not really worth it. <laughs> oh, do you even like arrest him? No, I think he just gets away. Like you go to his base and then you go in the door and uh, the Riddler trophy is there. Uh, that's really stupid. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I don't ever do the Riddler stuff because I think it's just stupid in all three of these games. Only one game that I in Asylum a long time ago, I tried to get all of them to get the achievement for Riddler. And I was missing like three Joker teeth I could not find. And that was it. I do it in Asylum because it's manageable because it's always like in contained rooms. So if you have like a puzzle or whatever or a or a riddle where it's like find Penguin's umbrella, you know, it's in like an area. But then from that point onward, it's like, OK, find this poster in a square block. And then just like in Asylum, they kind of made all the ones i guess even like casual fans would know and then in city would just kind of get they're like uh we need to go deeper because we kind of used all the riddler stuff in the first one and you were like what what am i looking for and you really have to like get all of the interrogations to know like what you're looking for it's i mean part of the thing with the first one is that they were all riddles and the and Ever city and onward, they're not, and that's what also kind of turned me off with them. I like the riddles. I don't like stuff like this. I didn't do. I only did a couple, and then I just was done with them. I did go for a bunch of the relay stations because after you go and unlock a tower, which is what your fast travel is in this game, I would do that, and I would do the relay station. I only did it at first because I was trying to get enough experience to level up before I did the death stroke fight because I was scared of the death stroke fight. <laughs> so I was trying to make sure I could level up all my armor and and my bulletproof armor so that way when i got to that fight i would be okay and that's what so i was doing the relay station i was not doing the extortion pack because i didn't care but then i quit once i got my level up i'm like okay i'm good enough and i went and fought deathstroke when we get there because i knew it was coming because i remembered and i remember that fight being a bitch i think that might have been the most fun i had in the game oh you should try that new game plus because the exclamation points aren't there and you have to like watch for every tell Ooh, yeah, it, it's brutal. That sounds actually kind of fun. <laughs> Man, that means me. I got to go beat this game. Ugh, go through New Game Plus. Come yeah, on. Not, happening to me. not at all. But also we should talk about the different. So the whole thing is like we were saying that you have this story where all these assassins are coming to kill Batman. They have one night to do it. And I think you have a good team of assassins that you do get. So you get Killer Croc, you get Bane copperhead which is not the copperhead you would know from the comics so they changed the character which i'm okay with you get shiva which is a character i was not familiar with before this firefly deadshot and i'm blanking on uh, oh don't forget the electrocutioner oh that's what i was blanking on Everybody. how do you blank on him he's the electrocutioner he's i don't even know him from the comics he's he got the, the best Batman boss NES fight game. in the game and Deathstroke. Well, how the hell did I forget Deathstroke? I don't know. But yeah. So uh, it's a cool it's a cool concept. I, I love this concept. I love the idea that the assassins electrocution are such a fucking joke, though. Oh, I don't know. Shocking about he's the best boss fight. You punch him once and he's gone. Shut up. It's the best <laughs> boss fight. <laughs> yeah, I like that stuff. It reminds me of the Mysterio boss fight in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> yep. 
God, I need to play those games someday. But there are some other cool characters in here as well. You see Penguin coming back uh, without the Coke bottle monogram or mono, yeah. <laughs> whatever monocle. Uh, that's what I was looking for. It, it's that was cool. Though. I mean, it was cool that they found a way to bring in stuff like you go to Penguin Ship. I actually like Penguin Ship a lot. I was amused early on. Like I, I took my time going there because I knew Deathstroke was waiting for me and I didn't want to fight Deathstroke. <laughs> But I enjoyed it. Like, I, I was, I thought it was cool. Like, it, it's cool going through the ship and you're going after Penguin. I think he already knows who Penguin is at this point, or Penguin knows who he is, if I remember correctly. He's an established yeah. presence in Gotham. Okay. And I enjoyed the whole thing with the two different women that work for Penguin, Tracy and Candy. Like, I don't know, it was amusing me. And, like, the fact, like, the executioner shows up and, like, we were talking about, you know, how it's a one-hit fight. You just punch him and that's the end of it. <laughs> Stupid, and but it was. There were, like, 50 dudes at you. I mean, I enjoyed the combat, too, in this game. I think the combat is just fine. Mm. Well, I mean, it's it's built on what has come before, so you can't really go wrong. It's just and I like feel a like refinement. That's my main problem. It builds on what came before. It feels so similar to Arkham City. It just feels like a long DLC for me. I can see where you're coming from. I didn't have that same feel but then again i'm i think my gaming thing is different than most people in general well i mean i I do get where you come from because it it is very much the same style of combat you just add a few new gadgets really just the gauntlets midway through you know near halfway through the game other than that everything's almost exactly the same as city and asylum but i'm okay with that because it was just more of it i think like in the context of when it came out because when i think about like Assassin's Creed 1 came out in 2007, then 2 came out in 2009, and like I loved Assassin's Creed 2, and then I wanted more, and then I kind of got a monkey's paw wish where they put out one a year later, and mm. that was Brotherhood, and Brotherhood was really good, and I was like, okay, well, I mean, as long as they kind of stick to this level of quality, it's fine, but then the next one came out, and it was kind of diminishing returns so like when this came out yeah it was using assets from arkham city and a lot of the same combat but there was only two arkham games so i was hungry for more batman like i love those games i i remember in two i didn't get all the riddler trophies in arkham city when it came out but before this came out i think i bought the game of the year edition because i'm just like the idiot who will rebuy something if it has all the stuff there I'm the same. And I really got into getting them. Um, like doing all the physical challenges was really fun. So yeah, I was totally down for another Batman game, even if it was, you know, the quote unquote B team. If they would have kept going with it, I think it, it would have been worse, like I said, where if they would have annualized it, but then they Arkham it was 2015? Because it was announced in 2014, not long after this came out. So there was enough time there. And now we haven't had like a solo Batman game in how many years other than Arkham VR? It's been a while. Yeah. It's, yeah. We're we're not getting we're supposed to get next year. We're supposed to get the the other one that the, uh, Montreal is working on. Yeah. Gotham Knights oh. and Suicide Squad, I think, are in the same year now. Unless Suicide Squad gets delayed. Oh, it's going to get delayed. It's going to flop out of 2022. I bet money. We haven't seen anything about it really either. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. I'm I'm interested in it, especially with new movie that just recently came out. But 
this the game like the movie makes the biggest mistake of all they do not have ron funches as king shark <laughs> like he is in the harley quinn cartoon and oh, yeah. i think that's just a mistake <laughs> i totally got mixed up in there i thought i was like what batman movie came out did i miss something i, I thought was, was wondering too i was like is there a new trailer for gotham knights or in gamescom i figured i would have heard about that <laughs> uh, just suicide squad which is a good film mm-hmm. like the whole thing with electrocutioner, I, I thought, I mean, it is amusing that one of the guys that is there is just a joke. And they even talk, you can even hear people talking about him throughout the game. Like, they'll be like, oh, electrocutioner went to go fight Batman. Man, that guy doesn't even have any powers. Like, you hear some jokes like that throughout some random people talking. And I like the fact that, like, Batman's like, oh, I, I should have tied him up because then he's gone when you come back into the room. Mm-hmm. That was, again, early Batman not, you know, knowing he should, or, you know, restrain people, I guess. But, Instead of just breaking all their bones. mistake with Deathstroke, though. <laughs> no, the Deathstroke, so, probably one of the best moments of this game, even though it, and it's probably one, of, and I think it's one of the best boss fights in the, in most, in the Arkham series. Well, oh, I could give it that. Yeah. The Deathstroke fight is great. It's, I was terrified of it because I remember when I first played this game back in probably early 2014, because I borrowed this from a friend for the first time I played it. And I remember Deathstroke just, I took me multiple tries to get through that fight because I just kept getting my ass. I just, one thing uh, about this game that's kind of disappointing is I remember when the first trailers came out and like the Game Informer cover story that they kind of sold Black Mask and Deathstroke like they were going to be like the big deal in this game. And then Deathstroke is gone after that. He's almost like Lady D in Resident Evil Village, where everyone was like hyping this character who's like gone really fast. Yeah. And then like eventually, I guess I won't we'll get into it with what happens in the story. Like both of those characters were like, okay, let's give the spotlight to these people. But then it turns into it kind of shifts. And I actually enjoyed that shift because of what they do with it. But it's still kind of disappointing that they Deathstroke comes in and then he's just gone yeah and he's too i mean it would have been nice to have him around more but at the same time i get why they did that why he's just here for like this you know he's just one of the assassins you just fight him the one boss fight i guess they had plans for him for later on which i guess we'll also get into later <laughs> yeah, i mean he's an arkham knight if i remember correctly right yeah you fight him in a tank yeah it's not the same <laughs> i actually don't know if i ever beat arkham knight or not i have no i can't remember <laughs> I don't know if I don't think I ever did, actually, but that's neither here nor there. But no, the Destro fight is just so awesome because you can't fight him the way you normally fight him. It's all about you have to counter, 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 and then you get the few chances to strike. And it's a long fight, too. Like, it is not short. Like, it takes it's it, it takes a while to get whittled down his health. And I like as you're as you're doing the fight, things change. Like, after the first set of fighting him and countering him and doing it right, you break his staff and then he pulls out his katana and then you break his mask. Like it's it's really I thought it was very cool. Like it's such a unique and just you know besides punishing fight, it's a fun fight. Well, this series has kind of always struggled with bosses, and I think this one is maybe kind of the worst because you have a lot of people like when you get into like the submissions with like Anarchy and Black Mask, and they're just <laughs> people in the crowd. And then like in Arkham Asylum, like it didn't have the greatest boss fights. And then it wasn't until City where they had like everyone goes to Mr. Freeze is that point is excellent. So you you kind of have like a duel, which is what the Deathstroke thing is. It's a duel of these two expert martial artists and how you're on your toes the entire time, just 
knowing when to hit and when to parry. And I really like say like in the fight whenever you're close to the wall, he'll throw him back. <laughs> yeah. So that way the action is not so close to the wall and just kind of as a fall apart. And something I've always loved about the Arkham games is that everything is so zoomed out and you can see everyone in the room so you know how to like counter and deal with all the threats. Yeah, in theory that's nice. When the camera doesn't want to work, it's a different story. I had no problem with the camera. Oh, I had plenty. I think there was a few instances where there was like an enemy or two off screen as they haven't really refined like what Rocksteady did, but otherwise I mean I just came off of playing uh, DC superhero girls for the switch where the camera is like right next to your character <laughs> and you literally can't see anything. So this oh, is no. quite refreshing. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I mean, I know another one of the complaints that people have with this game is that it has a big open world for nothing. And that didn't, that doesn't bother me. So though this game has the same size map as Arkham city. And then you add n- another part, new Gotham, which you also, but and people were upset that you don't really do a whole lot in the city. And you don't. I mean, all you need to do is fly from spot to spot, unlock fast travel, and never fly. And then just fast travel from then on. And I'm I'm okay with that. Because I don't need an open world game full of things everywhere. Because if there's stuff everywhere, I'm going to end up trying to do stuff and get irritated and stop. And so I'm okay with that. The, the world, the map was kind of boring. Like, it didn't yeah. bother me. It's there if you need it. But if you don't care about the Riddler stuff, you can just avoid it. And see, my thoughts on having an open world is if you're going to bother to unlock fast travel, have stuff in the world. Like, eh. there, you could have <laughs> just eliminated fast travel by making the map smaller and more densely packed. Yeah, but they were going for the whole feel. That was even one of the touting points on the when this game came out, that Gotham is bigger. I think that that might I feel like that was a thing at the time with open world games where it wasn't about how dense your map was, and how big your map was, too. Well, I mean, I'm not. You're not going to get any plates from me because I absolutely hate open world games. <laughs> I think they're maybe one of the worst things that ever happened to video games because you just have a giant map that's oh, we have a hundred hours of game, but there's nothing to do other than walk around. So having a map this kind of condensed, and I mean, it's like Arkham City. Like if you want to do the Riddler stuff, you can. Or the Enigma stuff, rather, you can. And that's, you know, well, is okay. And same thing with Arkham City, because like you had that big section in the middle where if you were, say, at the place where the Penguin is, the museum, and you have to get to, like, the industrial complex, you have to fly all the way around. And, I mean, yeah. the only thing to do there was, like, do Riddler stuff or fight some bad guys, and there's always people around here, and they're constantly throwing out the street crimes as well. So if you want to go do those to get some extra experience, like that's that option is there, even though that's one of the things I don't like about this game is how like they have the the levels of challenge and they're broken up in like stealth predator and something else, I believe. I can't remember. Yeah, there's like there's three tiers and there's like and there's the 15 challenges, but like they don't open until you get to them. So if you do a street crime in every district and then you get to the point of the challenge where it's do a street crime in every district, all the ones you did before, that doesn't count. Okay, yeah, that's what I know. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah. you have to do them in order. So it's not like Arkham City where you had all the challenges where it was like 
do this glide for so many meters without using the boost or whatever. Like you can just do them at your own pace. But this is like if you're playing it for the first time, you might do it. But every time after that, like I completely ignore the stream street crimes as it's just the distraction. Yeah, I only did them when I was trying to level up for Deathstroke fight. (laughs) (laughs) After that, I stopped doing them. I just really I was really scared of this fight. Like, I was just, because I remember getting my ass beat by it. I remember having such a hard time with it. So that was the only time that I really, like, was trying to prepare. After that, I just didn't care. I I stopped. I avoided the street crime. But I did like the fact you get to fight the cops. That did amuse me in this game because it fits the story. Another thing about the open world map that, oh, fun fact (laughs) for me, is back when when this game came out, my son was, I want to say, six or so when I was playing this. And what I did is I, cause he liked to play games and he would just run around open world map. This game was perfect for him just to fly as Batman and fight once in a while and just fly. Cause it was so open. There wasn't a whole lot going on. So it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's too. I know yeah. it's not what the game would want, but it worked for me. And I mean, he didn't really yeah, care whatever. that much, but I thought it was cool. I also appreciate any game that gives context to why people aren't around, no matter how stupid it is. <laughs> Because it's like, oh, it's Christmas and it's Gotham, so everyone's inside. I'm like, okay, yeah, at least you have that line of dialogue that tells me why there isn't people out here. And you have yeah. the radio saying there's a curfew all the time. So they, they do a good job of trying to establish that the, the reason why it's not pop- And I'm, I know that was one of the complaints. I'm okay that it's not populated. I don't care that there's not a lot of people running like i don't need just random civilians running around i don't need to hear my mother's my sister i don't need to hear that bullshit like i'm okay with not being a lot of people someone got that reference out there so uh, <laughs> you know like it didn't bother me it didn't have that i don't know i kind of just like to have some you know people walking around batman's flying through and somebody just says oh shit it's the bat <laughs> you know that just be kind of fun yeah you kind of get that a lot one thing i always love about these games is that the villain flavor text or the bad guy flavor text when you're just flying around and they're just having conversations like, Hey, let's get a drink. It's like, yeah, this place is closed. Yeah. Let's go knock over a liquor store. (laughs) And even like Mm -hmm. some of the fights I didn't realize it's like, if you kill like four people and you're going to punch the last guy, they'll say something like, I'm just going to give up crime now and then just fall to the ground, which I always thought was really funny. (laughs) You do kick a lot of ass in this game. And oh, I, yeah. I, I was also a fan of how things open up, because after you finish the Deathstroke fight, you get the Anarchy side missions, which are completely pointless, but they open up. Isn't, is Anarchy in Arkham Knight? Maybe. Yes. I, can't, I remember nothing about Arkham Knight. Thought, panel. <laughs> all right, we'll find out. We're covering that. In, in I later. don't remember. I know Azrael's in it, so I may just be getting it confused. Okay, next year. With A-names. We'll, we'll know. But the anarchy stuff, like, I, I thought it was amusing this time, like, after as I was playing, he's like, oh, I'm going to blow up this bank and I'm going to do this. And where people are just doing the, the nine to five work and paying off their mortgages, stuff like that. And I was just kind of laughing at it. But I'm like, OK, I, I, I get where you're going from Mr. Anarchy, even though you're doing it wrong. I get it. Like, it was fine. I mean, yes, it's a it's a stupid side quest that the fights is nothing special. Like you said it earlier, one of you guys did. It's a fight where you just fight a guy in a crowd. But I didn't have a problem with that because it was just more me being Batman and me leveling up and me getting achievements. So I didn't, I was just enjoying myself. I had no problem with, with the, any of the side missions really. Yeah. They're not terribly long, which I like. It's it, they don't drag on. Like I think the, the dead shot one might be just a detective sequence and then the dead shot fight. And like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. 
it's really fast, but it was it was cool. And I, I like the fact that a couple of the assassins are not even the people you have to take out. You know, they're yeah, their side missions. At all. <laughs> well, like only two, I think. Shiva and Deadshot, Deadshot are the only two that are optional. Mad Hatter. Well, he's not one of the assassins. Well, he's technically. Just, well, he's not on the list of eight assassins. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair but enough. We can talk about Mad Hatter real fast. So I when I was... When we were playing Arkham City, I kept remembering that there was a girl that got kidnapped that he was calling Alice, and it was this game that I was thinking of. Yeah. And I, I like that. I like the Mad Hatter seeing this. I like when the guys come and they're like, we want to play a game, and they're all like fizzing out because the masks aren't really that working that well, and all that was really good, I felt. Yeah, Mad Hatter's always been one of the ones that I like. I, I enjoy Mad Hatter. Like, is he terribly threatening? No. But it's it's fun, Mad Hatter is a really good diversion. Anarchy oh, ones are fun. The only thing that really, really made me upset about this game was the way they treated Alberto Falcone. Is he? Oh, that's the son, right? Yeah. Okay. You're talking that's about, like, the son that penguins like got tied up and he's crying the whole time. I, mean, I think I'd be crying no. too, though. You don't treat Alberto Falcone like that. That's Holiday from the Long Halloween. All right. Oh no. Oh, okay. No wonder you're okay. Now I yeah. now I understand why you're upset. And I think the the Mad Hatter stuff. It's to me all of these games and even the most recent Spider Man. Everyone always tries to capture that scarecrow moment from Arkham Asylum. Can't. And that's like lightning in a bottle that you can't duplicate. No. Because I think no. that's what the Mad Hatter, no, not the Mad Hatter. Thing it's kind of, it kind of has that feeling. It does have a little bit of like platformy levels where you're just kind of jumping across stuff. It, it's not the same as the Scarecrow. Like it doesn't have the same like two, two point five D type of environment, but it, it is the same idea of what they were going for. Yeah, and I, I mean, I personally thought it was cool. I mean, again, it's an optional side quest. It gives, it puts something on your map and says, "Go here if you want to do this. If not, avoid it. Doesn't matter." But of course, I went and did it immediately after I got it because I was excited to go. And I was excited to know that this was my memory was. And I like that when he tells her it's going to be OK. Like, oh, yeah, that? that's, that's haunting. <laughs> but it it fits Batman, especially a, a, a young Batman who's not realizing, like, all the trauma this girl just went through. She got kidnapped, dressed up in an Alex cost in an Alice costume and almost murdered. Like it. I just really like this whole Mad Hatter's Mad Hatter scene. It's not hard or anything. It's simple, but it was to me, it was cool. And it's something like in comics, they'll always try to every so many issues. They'll just have like a line of dialogue where I was thinking of like Mark Wade's Daredevil, where every couple of issues he would just bring up like, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, this thing happened. And now I'm like this. And I believe it's in like the Mad Hatter section where it's like, why are you like this? And then you kind of have like the, the flash of is it here where they have like the flash of Crime Valley? Am I getting that wrong? Yes, there's a flash of it somewhere. I think it might be here. Yeah, it's in here somewhere. There's a very quick little part of it when I forget. I think it's the Mad Hatter, but it's definitely in this game. I think yeah, it's you Mad don't Hatter. have to do the whole origin of Batman. It's just like, here's the flash of the alley, and then you're the kid, and then let's move on. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very short, which I was okay with because I didn't need to see it again. Yeah. A fact that the movies would do well to understand that we don't need it every fucking time only every reboot no <laughs> and then i, so I also want to <laughs> you say that as if people aren't complaining that the mcu doesn't have an uncle ben moment yet so 
Divorced. I'm glad that they don't have an Uncle Ben moment. I don't need it. We know yeah. he's dead. Move on. Yeah, and then you and have there's, the... a, there's always the people who will <laughs> say otherwise. But yes, it, continue. <laughs> one of the things that makes this game, I think, very special is the whole detective scenes. Like the first oh, one you get yes. where Black Mask mm-hmm. has been murdered, and you're like, how did Black Mask get murdered if he's the one that hired me? Like that whole scene where you're. I mean, yes, one of the complaints is you're just you know, rewinding things, watching things. I don't care the fact that you get to see Batman being a detective. I don't need multiple choice. I don't need mm, that. I make the right choice. No, I just want to experience it the way, you know, this brilliant detective is figuring out. I don't need the game. I don't need to be the one making the choice. It's so good though. Like that whole, the whole introduction of like everything with black mass where Cobblepot shows up like, Oh, well, I think Cobblepot did. No, he didn't do it. He was just here and someone else did it. Somebody broke through the window. Like, that's all somebody really was sitting in a chair and what's going on. Like I, we talked about this during our mask of the phantasm episode too, that we just like detective Batman and you know, we got it in that movie. And I think this is probably like the first time in the game where it felt like detective Batman because yes. yeah, in Arkham city, you figure out where the trajectory of Joker's bullet came from and Oh, he's in the church. This felt different though. Is before is, they would always try to incorporate that aspect of Batman's persona into the games, but in Arkham Asylum, it was oh, Commissioner Gordon led the literal breadcrumb trail of tobacco to follow, <laughs> and then in City, you have the uh, League of Assassins member, you cut them and then you follow the blood trail. Yep, and this is okay. Well, I mean, it's just Fast forward and rewinding, but it's a simple gameplay element to to kind of do this without being overly complicated. Like, say, Batman and Robin were the PlayStation one where you have to actually find clues and be places at certain times and stuff like that. That doesn't sound fun. No, it's awful. And also, <laughs> I don't like, know what you're talking about that sounds amazing. And uh, we can find out one day. And also the detective missions that I thought were cool that you get random little crime that you get to solve too throughout the game of side quests. That you don't have to do, but are there if you want to do it. And I, I thought that was cool, too. There's one where, like, like the, the dead shot one is, is also to find him. It's a little detective thing where you see he shot a helicopter, then you follow the bullet, and you find dead shot because he tells you where to find him. And it, there were a couple, like, one where some guy, like, killed, you know, blew killed somebody with a mullet, with a, lit him on fire or something, or there was a fire, you had to go track that down. Like, it was cool that they were there. Like, I like the fact that I got to be Detective Batman for a bit. Yeah. And then cool they carry that into night as well, so... As much as people kind of dismiss this as kind of the black sheep because it's not rock steady, mm. they they do that again in Arkham Knight. Like there's a whole scene where Barbara's in a car and she gets thrown from the car, and you kind of have to follow that breadcrumb trail, just like in this one. And in the Wii U version, you actually have to like have the tablet and move around in a physical space, kind of like you have to move it around instead of walking. It's kind of fun. Yeah, that's what I thought. It. I thought it had that, like, zombie U uh, <laughs> mechanic. That's not a game I was expecting to hear about. That's a great game. I want to play it someday, but I don't want to play the Wii U version. So and It's on It's on modern consoles. Yeah, that's what I want to play someday. But without the fun, so I don't know why you'd bother. Because I don't like the Wii U. Ugh, you monster. <laughs> Two-hour <laughs> battery life tablet. <laughs> that's why you play with the cord plugged in. Mm. On this podcast. And then you go like I so I got another thing that because I'm I really need to watch Batman year one again. But the fact that you get to go to the GCPD in this game, you have to break in and you just are taking out tons of SWAT. And they and they do make comments constantly how corrupted they are there. And you can see 
because you hear conversations where they're like, all right, if we get the bat, we get that bounty. I yep. fuck the black mask. We'll get it if we can if we can get him. Like, I mean, here they're working with criminals. Like, it's it's good. I, I the like cops is the most wanted. He's in the most wanted list. <laughs> <laughs> you never get Brendan, though. I was surprised. I thought he'd I, be a boss fight in this game. I thought you do at the end. Maybe I didn't. But maybe I just didn't do something like a side quest or something. Or maybe I just wasn't paying attention because he might be in the end. And I just wasn't paying attention because I remember hearing his voice. They like, talk about him near the end of the game, but I don't I think it might it. be during the Firefly, the Firefly mission. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think you're right, too. Which And like another thing I thought was really cool is that you meet Barbara for the first time and she's not apprehensive of Batman. She's trying to help him and be like, oh, so and I thought that was cool. Like, I like the whole fact that she gives him a tip like, hey, you got to go downstairs and get this. And, you know, that was cool to me. Because we know where it's I, Yeah. You're just having flashbacks of her sleeping with him, huh? That was a problem for you? It was a problem. <laughs> but they don't they do not do that in this series, do they? Because no, they, no. Because her just, and Tim Drake get married at the end of Arkham Knights, I believe. I feel like, yes. Because like there's the WB are, Games Montreal. They did the Batgirl expansion for Arkham Knights, where you are a Batgirl, and she's teaming up with Tim Drake. Yes, which is like right. one of the best parts of DLC yeah. for that game. Which we will be doing someday in a mini. Yeah. Once we ever get there. <laughs> but that's, I don't know. I just, I just like making the killing joke joke to Kenneth. I know he hates that part. So. I do. You'd be hard pressed <laughs> to find someone who likes it. <laughs> you have someone right here that has no problem with that movie. So. Boo this man. Oh! <laughs> I, I like that entire movie. I think it's great. And I, I have no problem with the extra stuff, but. That's neither here nor there. We'll get there someday when I do an episode about that movie. Sure. But so just like the whole I like the whole GC, GCPD. I, I enjoyed meeting Barbara. I enjoy him seeing people for the first time. Yes, I know. Like one of the complaints was he shouldn't be meeting all these people in one night. Oh, one event. Like sometimes life one life can happen that way. And two, it's a comic book game. Like who cares? Yeah. I mean, why are you? And again, it's, it's Christmas Eve. There's a, you know, 50 million dollar bounty on him. Like I'm. It gives enough reasoning and context that these things are happening and why Batman is doing what he's doing, because he even says the bounty on me is going to attract these people that are then going to then kill innocents to get me, which we see with Firefly later in the game. So I'm completely okay with that concept. I'm completely okay with what goes on. I like the fact that he meets Barbara and so many characters for the first time you see his interaction with Gordon where they're not friends yet. They're not they're enemies, kind of, you know, like he's like, I got to bring you in. And I like all that. I think all that is very well done. I didn't realize that was ever considered a problem with this game. I thought it was it all done pretty organically. Like it's it all makes sense within the story, even Barbara being on your side because you, I don't know how old she is, maybe teenager, early or late yeah, teens, early teen, college. Teenager. Like she would be that idealistic person who would say, no, this guy is doing better than the police. And Jim Gordon being this, you know, by the books cop would have that clash with his daughter. So I like that as well. And then so, by the end, he's like, oh, my my daughter was right all along. It works well. I, I like the way that this game feeds you side quests. Like you get some side quests at this point where you get to go blow up crates. I think it's black mass stuff or no, not. It's not black. Mass. It's the penguin weapons. It's just I mean, again, just a little side thing to do that. I enjoyed. And then you go into the sewer, which is not, I don't think there was much that went on the sewer. You just have to go down there to connect the wires to get the data from the GCPD about the yeah. murder, which again, 
just more stuff. Like I was fine with that. Then you go to the bank. And I think the bank is when the game really gets like, this is when the twist starts coming. This is when you see. So I know you're a big fan of black mass, right? Ken, if I remember correctly, I am. I would have. <laughs> That's rather the problem. Had, I would have <laughs> rather had black mass in this game, to be honest. Like I would have rather not had the villain that we go, that we're going to spoil this game, which came out eight years ago, nine years ago at this point. So I don't care that much, yes. but I mean, you, so you get, so Black Mask ends up being Joker the whole time, and it wasn't Black Mask. And I'm okay. I mean, yes, it annoys me because I would have rather had just a Black Mask game, not a Joker game. But understanding the, the way that the Arkham series is, where it's so much focused on Batman and Joker, that's just what the Arkham series is, period. I'm okay with it being their first meeting. You know, it's kind of cool to see the Joker really acting to somebody else. And then as the game progresses, you see how he turned Black Mask guards because he killed whoever didn't join him. But I and mean, that, I could have done without it, but I, they, that, I think they did a good job with it. That introduction is I love his introduction in this game. Like when he has the the employee there and she's just like on the Joker venom and just collapses to the ground and just the music and like even Troy Baker's performance, like as that character and then kind of what happens after the hotel, which is maybe one of my favorite parts of the Arkham series ever. It was kind of a bummer that, you know, the Joker does come, but the things they do with that character and setting up, like, the relationship and how it moves forward, I was, like, on board the second they they did all of it. Like, it was, yeah, a bummer. It would be nice to see, like, more villains, even, like, Arkham Knight, where the Joker is dead, but he's still kind of the main villain. Yeah. But then, like, like you said, it's like, the series is... A relation to the relationship between Batman and the Joker, and it's kind of a bummer that everyone else is there, but they're just by the wayside. But they still kind of work him in well enough, and yeah, Black Mask could have done better. Same thing with Deathstroke, but like the what's here with the Joker is it's great. Yeah, I mean, it just that's what the Arkham said, and I'm assuming this also that came down from WB that told them they had to do this. How oh, I, I, I'm assuming. Because, you know, yeah, a game like this isn't... you have like these games now, like I I was kind of brought up on Twitter about the new Marvel game. They announced the Midnight Suns, where it's all these obscure Marvel characters. But you have like Iron Man and Captain America. And you're like, why are those guys there? It's like, well, yeah, you they were part of the Midnight to, Suns. You kind of still have to market these one hundred fifty million dollar games. You can't just have kind of these more obscure or lesser known characters that like you have to make compromises, I guess. So yeah, like Black Mask is not totally obscure, but to most people who say maybe only watch the movies or Batman the animated series, they might not really know much about him. Like frankly, I think my introduction to Black Mask is maybe the under the Red Hood animated movie. God, I love that movie. <laughs> me too yeah i can see that because i don't know him very well i know it but i'm also more of a batman connoisseur than than i would feel like your average person who i am for sure so that makes sense he's not a big a big marketable villain as joker is but i i don't remember i'm assuming they didn't advertise a twist but still i mean nope. the word of mouth would have got out yeah the first time they ever mentioned like the all the marketing and the trailers was Deathstroke that like the first trailer was Batman versus Deathstroke and it ended with the pre-order now plays Deathstroke nonsense that all these trailers have now. I think like the first instance is when you're you do they say Black Mask is dead. You go to his house and you find out it's some 
person named the Joker, and that's the first time you heard of it. And to me, I was like, oh, maybe they're just going to mention it and then just move on. But then they kind of just keep going. Yeah. yeah. Also, the other thing and, is that, like, I'm not a fan of what they did, like having the Joker here. You know, this is the third game in the series with the Joker. And I wish they would have just kept it black, black mask. But I will agree. I like what they did with them. But I don't know. Just I'm tired of the Joker in Batman games. Oh, it makes sense. I mean, also, as as more as big Batman fans as we are, I, you know, I think we like to see other of his rose galleries where when you're trying to market something big, you've got to put the Joker in it because the average person know who the Joker is. Hell, the fucking dumbasses. They go, oh, I'm Joker. and She's my Harley Quinn. Not having any idea how dumb they are. But, you know, yeah. so I guess that's, that's the idea with Joker. And I don't want to go there. I just <laughs> that. It's, he's more of a villain that's very much in the mindset of the average Joe, where we're not the average Joes when it comes to Batman. Yeah. They're and just, then you there's go to the, a lot of good stuff that's just left on the floor. Even with the villains in this game, they could have done more with. Yeah. Speaking of villains, I want to talk about when you go to like the Foundry. I think this is another really good scene, too. The whole everything with the Foundry. You know, you go oh, through that's... there, and then eventually you end up... I forget why you're there exactly, but you re- end up running into Copperhead. Fucking steel mill. God. I know it's a repeat from Arkham City, but I'm I'm okay with it in this game because you I really like the Copperhead part. The Copperhead yeah. Copperhead's pretty cool. I also like the fact that it's not the Copperhead, because in the comics, Copperhead, they even make that comment in here, they're like, in my database it says it's a male. Yeah. Because if I remember right, Copperhead is a is a male character normally. Normally, yes. I don't even know who he is really. Like he's a what D-list villain or something? I just yeah. find it distracting that even though this isn't Rocksteady, it still has their kind of out of touch female character design for Copperhead. Oh yeah, <laughs> where every female character in the Arkham series is half naked or has like like a thong line on the outside of her costume, like in <laughs> Catwoman's case. Uh, yeah. yeah, but to be fair, comic books. So. <laughs> Like, not, I'm not gonna I'm not defending it. It's hard to go back to like watching Poison Ivy like Harley Quinn where Poison Ivy's just like in clothes or even in Arkham Knight where she's still just wearing like a shirt buttoned in the middle. Like mm-hmm. in these games you've never had another costume other than this. Yeah, that's marketing too. Yeah. Oh, we we've covered the the yeah. male gaze of video games before about harley quinn so yeah i'm with you <laughs> yeah it comes up a lot in this podcast too and like but the whole thing found like you rescue black mass which is cool which ends up leading to a side quest later on where you confront him but the whole thing about copperhead is that she poisons him and that's what makes it so interesting so as you're wandering around dying of this poison trying to get out of here you keep fighting like fake copperheads and this I is where you have like this fight harder than the deathstroke one this is the one that makes me panic I didn't actually have too many. Well, I was also playing this on very uneasy. I didn't have too many problems with this fight. Like it didn't really bother me. I mean, it's it's cool how he's just fighting illusions of her, and some do the blade. I mean, I did get hit by the one that like dashes back and forth, but I enjoyed this fight actually. Like I know only one is real, like, and the rest don't really do anything to her health bar. But it was just cool to me. I don't know. I, I liked it a lot for some reason. I will say this about the boss fight games: they are or the boss fights in this one. 
None of them are exactly the same. They're all pretty damn different. Yeah, there's not Bane, Bane, and Bane. No, but, I mean, you do fight Bane. Yes, but it's not throw Batarang at his face. Okay, now he runs into the wall. All right, now you fight a Titan guy that you throw a Batarang in his face. All right, now there's none of that. Thank God. Yeah, so. No, it's at least interesting. I mean, you still have to run him into the wall, but there's clever Mister Freeze esque ways of getting him to run into. The yeah, wall. it's 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 way better. I'm I was upset when I because I I remember that Bane was in this game, and then I saw him. And I'm like, oh, and I remember there being a stupid Bane fight, but it was better than I was expecting from what I remembered. I actually yeah. really like Bane in this because everything, every piece of media seems to forget that Bane is actually a genius. Yes, <laughs> like he's the, uh, yes, he is a muscle bound guy with this formula that makes him super jacked and he's a physical threat. But his introduction in the comics or actually, I mean, I read the novelization of Nightfall when I was in junior <laughs> high is him making this plan to wear down Batman and then break him. It's not just a big doofus with like an oil drum or two on his back. Oh, yeah. And no. Before super we go smart. to Bane. I just want to wrap up the thing with Copperhead where I like how once you get the antidote, you just punch her once or counter her and it's over. Yep. <laughs> Which, again, makes sense because without the venom, she's not really that special. It's the fact that he, she tricks him and poisons him quickly that makes him so susceptible to her where you just you just counter her and he ties her up and throws her in a, in a train cart thing. And looping back around to why didn't Batman capture the electrocutioner? It was almost a happy accident because she gives up the meeting and you get there because of the electrocutioner. Yeah. Mm. Which I like. And then as you guys are talking about Bane, like I don't know Bane very well because I haven't read a lot of comics, but I was reading some of the Tom King's run in rebirth of Batman. And it has a thing with Bane, a big arc with Bane where he is trying to wear down Batman. He's having Batman fight all these idiots and stuff. Like he's really trying to break Batman, like the whole Catwoman wedding thing that was, that was supposed to happen. Like all that was just to break Batman. We should cover nightfall. We had talked about it many times in this podcast and I'm, I'm up for it. It'll just be, a, it'll be a monster. It just read will the novelization. be because <laughs> no, you got to read all three <laughs> volumes of the thing. Yeah, I'll do it though. If you want to do it, I'll do it. Oh, I'm going to be one volume I... each. I think for an episode. Yeah, it's uh, it's been on my list. It's one of those comics that I I feel like I'm missing out by have never read by have never reading reading it. Wow, I can't talk. These volumes are pretty big though. Just so yeah, you know, they're huge. I know that's why I said read the novel. <laughs> I've seen the books. I've I've held the books. I've never bought the book. Yeah, oh. they're like six hundred pages each. Yeah, to go back to to Bane though, because that was another thing I think was interesting with this is that as you guys are saying, Bane isn't just gigantic like you. you they kind of also reflects on this because throughout the as the game progresses and things happen, like you even see his army. Because that's one of the things about Bane is he does he control like a like a country or something or just a mercenary group? I can't remember all the details with him. It's more of a mercenary group than anything. Okay, but I don't know. Did he ever take over what's that island? Santa. Prisca? I think in the comic in the in the Rebirth run, he has like a little he has a, a country of his own, like an island or something, but. In this, he's just a mercenary, which is more relative to what we're talking about. But I just that's what it came to my mind. I like how his mercenary group takes over in this game, becomes like the regular fiends that you're fighting. Mm. And it's something like they kind of bring it up with the with the Bane fight. When I, I guess we're missing in a whole section. Well, we'll we'll, we'll loop back there. Is that yeah, the hotel? 
Yeah, I love at the start of this game and even where to the people of Gotham, Batman is still this mystery that no one knows about. Because when you go mm. into the introductory level, he's like, oh, turn around. He's like, I'm not falling for that. There's nothing there. And then he looks up and sees this shadow. And then like in the band fight is like, I love TV camera framing in video games, like in the DMC Devil May Cry, where you're essentially fighting Fox News. And here it's like <laughs> Gotham, like the Gotham City or the uh, Vicky Vale is there. And it's like, oh, my God, like Batman's here. Like, it's this character that's been rumored for months and no one's ever caught him on camera. And now here he is. Yeah, that's a good scene. The stuff with Bane is is really good, though, in this game. Like, I was surprised how good it is. Like, the whole everything with the hotel, I thought, like, leading up to Bane, where Bane's just kind of waiting for him at the top of the hotel. He's like, I know he's going to come for you, Joker, so I'll just stay right here and wait for him to get to you. And that's Again, a great I- level, too. Like, I really like when you get the electric, although... I like the electrocutioner gadget that you get for traversal purposes, but I think it makes the game a little bit too easy. It does. Fair enough, yeah. Well, I won't complain with too easy, but that's that's a me thing. Because that's something they introduced in the Wii U version, I believe, like that mode or that power-up mode was in the Wii U version. They kind of just incorporated it here because it builds up really fast, and then you just, like, mow through fools. <laughs> that's fine, yeah. though. I I also like the fact that they kick the electrocutioner off the <laughs> out of out of the hotel, and that's how you get the gauntlets because you pick it up from his dead body. Yeah. So there was a Nobody's line in the hotel. So as you're going through the hotel, uh, Joker's like, "Well, did I tell you how I got all this carnival stuff? I got a great deal." He left with a smile, and I just started laughing because it's a killing joke. Rush. I'm like, "Oh, I bet Ken laughed at this." Did Ken laugh at this? Ken did not laugh at this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I did. I can't get that under my head. So I know you have to suspend your disbelief with comic book and superhero media, but like this must have been like a good couple of months to get all that stuff in there. Yes. <laughs> so oh, it's yeah. like, oh, is there construction on the top floor? It's like, yeah, someone's doing something. It's just like a bunch of goons going in the back elevator, making a roller coaster and all these like elaborate traps. It's a really cool set piece. But like in my brain, it's just like, did you just do this today? Like, how many people? Like, everyone here, these thugs sound kind of dumb. Like, is there anyone really smart enough to well, assemble maybe, all of this? Maybe Black Mask. Where did you the get hotel. the permits? <laughs> maybe he's owned the hotel. So he just did his own thing and he paid off everybody. Oh, well, yeah, that's true enough. Yeah, because I guess we don't know how long he's been impersonating Black Mask. Yeah. So. A little while. They, they tell you in, like, how long he's been dead and stuff. Or how long they thought, you know, that person was dead and that shot happened. Yeah. I forget. It's not real long, but that's what I'm assuming is why. But it was one of those things where I just didn't, like, just put disbelief and just keep going. But I get what you mean. I just I just laughed a lot when it made the Killing Joke reference. <laughs> and speaking of killer joke, Killing Joke references, you get a whole, like, Joker flashback here up when you get to the top where it really just talks, like, it shows you him as the Red Hood and he's walking around and it gives you a brief, like, outlook of what happened in the killing joke and how he becomes the joker but the thing that i always like about the killing joke and all these joker stories is that the narrator that telling you is a liar so you can't trust anything you're seeing so i always find that so interesting because again it's a joker he's 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 a failed narrator you can't trust a word he's saying so it's the oldest tropes in the book (laughs) he hits the realization like when 
he falls and then Batman goes for him and he's just like, why, why was he doing this? And then you kind of have that whole section where you're just like, it's so great that it's something that's controllable. Like, it's not a cutscene that you're sitting there and watching. It's he's telling the story, you're controlling it. And then you go through the whole thing. My only really issue, I don't know, like something about the Arkham series is weird is that it seemed like Rocksteady was kind of disavowing this, but then in a bunch of in Arkham Knight, they kind of bring it up a bunch as if it's canon, like even more than what I thought they would. And the whole like you're led to believe that this is the first time that Joker has ever met Harley. Yes. But yeah. in the Arkham Asylum tapes, it's almost like that's the first time that he met her and it plays out completely differently. So that kind of contradicts that a little. Okay. Yeah. Reconning maybe like or just not concerned like it's been so many years. But yeah, I see. Yeah, because I mean that's just a collectible, and this is actually in the cutscenes or whatever. Because I think in the Arkham Asylum tapes, it's they first meet, and by the last one, it's her like shooting up the place and getting him out. Yeah, she goes crazy. He he turns her. Okay, I see what you mean. I mean, I. I had no problem with the Harleen Quinzel stuff, but I didn't catch. I had forgotten all about the tapes that were even in this game because it's been a while. So, okay, I see what you mean, though. Yeah. And then is after you do all this where you fight Bane and the people see him on the the TV, you go to Bane's headquarters I put in here, which I don't even remember what that was exactly. You put the tracker on him. Okay. uh, And then the tracker ends up on one of his thugs. And I believe you have to go under the GCPD again. Into the morgue. Uh, into the morgue, yeah, because you can't go there. And then <laughs> that leads you. Um, that ends up that. Then you go to the bridge, the whole Firefly thing, where Firefly is trying to. Because at this point, I think Joker's already been captured. Yeah, because Joker gets captured after the hotel. You fall off the the hotel, the cliff, or the hotel. He saves Joker, and that's when Joker kind of like flips. And it's like, why did you save me? I just killed all these people, and you saved me. And that's when like he gets kind of weird after that. And I'm, I'm just trying to think of a thread because I know between that and after you get the corpse is when you find out that Bane knows his secret identity. Yes, in the Bane yeah. headquarters at the very end of it, you see computers that say that Bane knows who Batman is. Like he figured it out. Because it's like during the whole Firefly segment that. He's like well, he tells Alfred, it's like, I have to deal with this. Go and cave, lock the doors. Yes, because he's trying to, you know, the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one. And you do the whole because he's he wants to go back to the back cave. He's like, if I don't take out Firefly now, he could because he's threatening to blow up a bridge, this yeah. entire bridge. Mm-hmm. If you don't stop him, I like running through the running across the bridge because then you, you have interaction with him and Gordon. You're taking out the SWAT team. You have a lot of good moments, I feel, that kind of build the story and build the tension at the same time. He's worried about Alfred, but he's trying to do what's right. And like, I enjoy the firefly boss fight too. I think again, I think it's a little unique. It is. Yeah, it is just using the claw to kind of drag everything around. Like that's cool. It's only one boss fight. So I'm okay. It's not like it was, it wasn't reused over and over again. Right. And it's anytime you introduce like verticality into a Batman game, it's kind of interesting. This, this part took me a while. It just did. I felt like, uh, maybe because I was busy, but I liked it. I liked the bridge. I like Firefly. I And then it's at the end of the Firefly fight, which is and I also one of my issues with this. I was remembering the Arkham Knight because I think Firefly's an Arkham Knight, too, where you chase after him while you're flying. He's burning mm-hmm. down the fire departments. 
Yeah, and I was like, isn't that this game? I got my games confused at first. And you are right. It's here where you find Brandon and you have him in, and he's tied up. And this is when you knock him out or something because you 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 free him and he tries to punch you and you counter him and put him and put him down. Yeah. So okay, you were. I just wanted to clarify that because I'm like I'm watching the video as we're talking. <laughs> but no, like the the whole bridge is just fun running around. You were saying all the vertical stuff and things are falling apart and it's just cool. And it's the end of the Firefly fight when he gets the message from Bane that Bane is at his cave. That's cool. Yeah. And you have to go there and the caves being blown up and like, you know, all messed up from Bane being here. The computer is ruined and you and you find Alfred pretty much dying. And you, yeah, say you don't like, have detective vision like that's all shut down. Oh, yeah. So you have like no mm. you don't even know where to look because you I mean, everyone relies on it. And you're just like, what, what do I do? Mm. And then you decide to go turn it on. I like the way that you save Alfred, too, because Electrocution made a made a comment earlier in the game. And I think he remembered. No, that's later. But he ends up, you know, jumpstarting Alfred's heart with the with the gauntlet. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna kill you, then I'm gonna jumpstart your heart and kill you again. Yes, which he he has that memory before he does the Joker fight in that we're getting to. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a this, and then right after this, because I I had not fought Shiva yet, hence the reason why she was not in the uh, <laughs> walkthrough or my little note, because I was like, oh, I'm gonna go do I'll do Shiva before I finish the game, and I knew Black Gate was the final part of the game. I had forgotten that as soon as you go to the br- as soon as the game makes you go to the bridge, it sends you right to Blackgate and sends you right in the last area of the game. I the Shiva stuff that. is really easy to miss. Like I remember the first time I played, I was like, "How do you get there?" And it's like, "Oh, after you go out of the the bank, I'm gonna say, sure. um, yeah, it's like the baby and he's crying, and then that whole thing starts." But it's just like a few missions where I guess it kind of establishes that you're being. Watch by the League of Shadows and Raza Ghoul. It's one area that you have to walk in where you will hear a baby crying. Then you have to walk over to a stroller and the stroller will then activate the mission. Normally, every other mission shows up on your map. This one does not. You have to go to one particular area and walk around to hear it and yeah. find it, which is different than everything else in this game. And that's why I didn't get it till I had to look it up after I beat the game. Like, where is Shiva again? Because I, I wanted to fight all the assassins and the Shiva fight. I like it. I think it's fine. It's a really short mission where you just you go and do a little investigation, follow a trail, and then you go and fight her in a in a room with a bunch of other enemies. With martial artists, if you haven't talked about, which is one of the new enemies in this game where they can counter you and stuff, and you can't do the KO button thing when you build up your meter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the triangle circle or the YB. Yeah. You can't. But other than that, I mean, the, the, I like the Shiva fight, and you don't beat her, and Shiva's one of the League Assassins. She makes some kind of comment, and then she leaves. Yeah. <laughs> and then fine. Like the whole Blackgate thing, I thought that was a really cool. Like, just when you get to Blackgate, everything's gone to hell. There's soldiers, there's officers tied up and, you know, dead all over the place. Like, it is a really cool scene, I felt, like leading up to it. And the whole, the whole thing was Joker, where his plan is he has you fight Bane, but he hooks himself up to a electric chair. <laughs> and he's like, one, one of us is going to die. That was good. Yeah. You either have to kill Bane. Or Bane's heartbeat is going to charge the chair and kill the Joker. Yeah. And before that, because I don't think it's something we touched on, is that the relationship between Bruce and Alfred in this is really great. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Either. Because he's like, especially like the big fight they have where he's just like, I'm the reason why criminals breathe a sigh of relief when the sun is up. <laughs> and then once you kind of kickstart his heart, I guess. 
he kind of realizes it is like exactly it's like I don't really like what you're doing, but I understand why you need to do it and why the city needs you. And then it's kind of the re- the revelation to him that you know the city just doesn't need me; it needs you and Gordon and the three of us working together to kind mm. of get through this. Like I can't just do it on my own. Which is a great realization for Batman too. Yeah, which is what makes this game better. <laughs> I was I'm a big fan of the whole of everything kind of in the in Blackgate. Like I enjoyed it. Like I actually enjoyed the Bane fight, even though I was like, I don't want to fight Bane again. But it it made it work. And then he becomes Super Bane, which I actually like Super Bane. Yeah, it's it's very much like the Mr. Freeze fight where you have to do like the different takedowns that you can't just sneak up on him or hide in the vents because he'll know it's like, oh, you're in there. and He'll pull you out. Except on easy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uneasy, you can just do the smoke pellets and just sign and take down each time. And it's funny because, oh. like, Alfred mentions, like, oh, the, if you don't do it fast enough, he's going to become too strong. But I don't know if there's an invisible time limit because there isn't one on screen. No, I think I don't think there is one because I I was taking my time and nothing happened. Maybe there is one, but I don't. It, I'm in my game opinion, there isn't one. They, they didn't put it in there. It, not that he would that he would kill himself, that the venom would be too much for him and he would die. Yes, I think it's like once he once it kicks in too much, like you won't be able to beat him. Yeah, it's I liked it, though. I mean, you have to like grab him then run him into like electrical currents. And then he and then I like the fact that because of that, because he went super Bane, he loses his memory and forgets that that Bruce is Batman. Uh, That's a bit of a deus ex machina. I know, but I'm I'm okay with it. it it's I would kind of something that they have to do because he doesn't know in the other games. Yeah. It's the same thing they've done with, what's his name? Hugo Strange. Hugo oh. Strange has figured out that Batman is Bruce Wayne so many times, and every time he loses his memory. Eh, comic books. <laughs> More wine and heavy gravy? <laughs> <laughs> it was still, I think it was a good final boss fight. And then you have like the little, what I wrote down as Joker epilogue, where you just arrest Joker pretty much. And like, they just fight really quickly. Or you massacre Joker. Oh yeah. That, oh you, yeah, oh, yeah. you, oh, you beat down him. Okay. That was cool. But I, I like it that Joker didn't have like a epic boss fight or anything because it's just a Joker. He's not a strong individual. He's not somebody who's able to really put up with Batman on a physical level, he's more like the Lex Luthor to Superman type of villain. Yeah, that's something they realize after Arkham Asylum pretty fast, that you can't just <laughs> do a doofy Joker has, like, I don't know, a giant robot or something that he's in, or I don't know, or just, like, yeah. a, the monster Joker is, like... Oh, so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I do like that you find Joker in the chapel, though. Uh, that's kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And I think when you meet Harleen at one point, when you rescue her in, in Blackgate, she makes a comment about Joker waiting waiting for him, for Batman or something, too. Yeah, that's when you kind of realize that she's like, are you going to go? Like, are you afraid? She's like, eh, it's an occupational hazard. Like, that's when the kind of the seeds of what happens to her kind of are planted because she's just like so indifferent to all the violence and the craziness. Yeah. And you are right. It is a retcon versus what's in Asylum, because in Asylum, the first one they meet, like you were saying, is Asylum, not here. So I didn't catch it. So maybe that's what they thought. People wouldn't catch it. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of how my brain works. And then when you when you think of the grand picture, too, when I think of the assault on Arkham direct a video movie and how that fits into everything, <laughs> it's just like that. Oh, yeah. We're covering like, this that is too. 
like this is a prequel to that movie. Yes, because that movie takes place before Arkham Asylum happens. Yeah, and then and like, like just like I think to the end, the well, the end. You know, he arrests you. He almost kills Joker, but he stops himself. Which I also like when Joker sucker. sees him. He sees a big bat monster, not Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was cool. It's a good touch. Agreed. This is when Gordon doesn't arrest him and lets him go. I because think. he can help the city. I mean, he doesn't so much let him go as that he turns his back and he just kind of Batman's away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he yeah, puts his gun like, on oh, him. I let him go. It's like, no, he didn't. He just let himself okay, go. Okay, you're right. Yeah, he puts a gun <laughs> on him. And then he does Batman the just... Batman thing. But yeah. then the dialogue at the end, he's like, why did I let him go? And it's just like, <laughs> eh, you're giving yourself a bit too much of their credit there, Jim. You just looked at your radio and he was gone. Like, okay, I see what yeah. you mean. I thought, yeah. And this is then when you get the final little teaser thing that doesn't ever really pay off, you ask me, because it's this so you see Deathstroke the you see Amanda Waller coming in to bring to bring Deathstroke to have him join the suicide squad. Well yeah, it's they kind of, they introduce that here and then in Black Gates they really go into it because they introduce Bronze Tiger. Um, mm. And Amanda Waller is there again. I think there's another member. I haven't been in a while since I played that. Yeah, we'll and see. it's an, another thing that we fail to introduce is the the uh, Green Arrow Easter egg. Oh, Oliver Queen Enterprise or something, right? Yeah, and that's what like really bums me out about this game is that like I was expecting a bunch of things to come from it that never materialized. Because like I this just... was 2013, so this was like peak Arrow. When it was like season two, and that was about oh, Deathstroke, and that was good. yeah, and I, season, I think. thought they were gonna do like I even wrote. I was like, man, I would have loved to see a Green Arrow game where it's like, let's just ape all of this and then do flashbacks that are like the 2013 Tomb Raider game where you're on the island learning how to do things. I I, I feel like they had planned, but because this game was so poorly received. And it didn't sell to what they wanted to. They just didn't do it. And it's also, I mean, one of the things about this is that, like, this is the kind of era of what is Rocksteady doing and what's happening with Batman rumor mill. Because I oh, remember yeah. before this came out, I remember reading somewhere where the next game was going to be a Silver Age story about Batman's first encounter with the Joker. And that's just kind of what this is. And then the next year's After Night, it was. Oh, there's going to be a Suicide Squad game that I think Jeff Johns teased. And then there was the Damian Wayne game. And then there was other <laughs> things that like never happened until like last year when they finally announced. So maybe there was something and maybe it just didn't come together. I don't know. I am fine with not getting a Damian Wayne game. I knew you'd say that. Yeah, you don't like the little punk, right? He's a punk. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I feel like your your biggest problem with this game, Kenneth, was there was no there was no Two Face. You're right, there was no Two Face, and that's inex. It's mm, then we wouldn't it's have gotten usable. But then we would have got two guns, bitch. You know. We're yeah, but that. we're not going to do that anymore because he never says it again. <laughs> and I we're going to do it every time. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, any last things to say before I go on to questions, comments, or memories? Okay. Other than that, the Batman Assault on Arkham movie actually takes place in the Arkham video game yes, universe does. so i mean yeah the setup with amanda waller is kind of a thing okay that you're does right. go somewhere. You're right. oh and i sh- i should say before we go into that i just remembered that i did not say is one there's a i am the night mode which you have to beat this game without dying once 
which I would never do and never bother to try. Yeah, I've never tried it either. And the other thing is a challenge mode, which we don't really need to talk about, but they're challenge maps. Ooh. Yeah, I don't do them. I don't care about them, but they're there. Oh, actually, yes, I have something. I totally forgot because I was going to try this to see if it was actually still available. But it's apparently not. it's not. It's the multiplayer. This game had multiplayer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where you had Josh Keaton voicing Dick Grayson as Robin and you played as like villains. I never tried it because I'm not a big multiplayer person. This was like that era where everything like, had every it. game had to have multiplayer because he didn't want people trading it in whether it needed it or not. Like I remember like the Tomb Raider reboot had multiplayer. And like The Last of Us, although I heard The Last of Us multiplayer was really good. And then this also had it. And when the Wii U version came out, it lost the multiplayer. Like they just at the oh, last no. minute, it was like, it's just the single player <laughs> game, which is I'm really not missing much. Um, no. And it was cool that they had. I don't forgive me. I can't remember the name of the actress's name from Justice League doing the voice of Amanda Waller. OK, I don't and know either. Harvey Bullock is in it for like five seconds and they get that voice actor and it's like, oh, that's cool. But why not more Harvey Bullock? Yeah, everybody needs more Bullock. Eh, I'm OK without having him. So <laughs> how dare you? You know how I feel about him at this point. Yeah, I don't like that. I character. still say how dare you? <laughs> so he was good in Gotham, though. I yeah, I remember it's been a while since I watched Gotham. All right. So I'm going to go to questions, comments or memories. I did get a decent amount, actually, for this. So yeah, this game has a cold following now, I will say. Yeah. Uh, first first one from I watched the entire Oprah replay group uh, from Isaiah Bailey. This game bricked my PS3 because of the multitude of bugs and glitches. Sorry. <laughs> and from Andrew Craig, trying to wrangle and organize a group for the multiplayer trophies was one of the hardest gaming sessions I've ever had, especially in the <laughs> archaic PS3 chat system where all we had is to type responses. It certainly didn't help that the netcode was so poor. It took us two hours to get in a lobby together. Easily one of the hardest Platinums I've ever gotten. I'm closing down 250. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I would never. I, I did go for online achievements back in the 360 era. I went and played the first Prey, and I remember I found someone in the group, and we did that. But yeah, never again. Uh, from Dwayne Laughlin, definitely underrated. There are some misses. The world design is a bit goofy, and the payoff for collecting the Riddler pack, slash trophies, whatever it is, is super underwhelming. But I think it has some of the more colorful sec pieces in that hotel ascension sequence and some interesting attempts to freshen up the visuals for the series. It also has probably best boss fights in the series with Deathstroke. I think it gets a bad rep because it didn't continue where Arkham City ended. Playing as young bats is great, but I think a lot of people were more interested in what happened after Batman walked out of that theater. And this game didn't have answers for that. Yeah, that was another thing, too. I remember, like, I think that I really wanted to know where they were going after City. And then it was like a prequel. And you were just like, oh, I had to wait. Yeah. It was worth the wait. Yeah. I'm not a from what I remember Arkham Knight, I was not a fan, so we'll see if that changes though. It's it's rough, but I I, I enjoy the conclusion. I like I'm, it better than I like this. I'm excited to go back to it for the, finally, because I've never really finished it. So I'm that's coming up next year. Uh, from Lewis of a C A, the underdog of the Arkham games. Love the game. My third favorite after Asylum. Love the story, music, and gameplay. My only complaint were the bugs, other than that, is a great game. And from friend of the show, Emmanuel Rodriguez. Uh, while Origins is the lesser Arkham games, in my opinion, it's still a solid entry in the fanta- in a fantastic series. I'm glad there's a bit more emphasis on detective work compared to the others, and the fight against Deathstroke is a memorable one. All right. Great. And last last one from this group, Kyle Smith, the best Christmas game ever. Uh, Parasite Eve is pretty good. Miles Morales oh, is yeah. pretty great. I had like a bunch. I had like a list once upon a time. 
I forgot the Parasite Eve is Christmas related. I should know that. Oh I'm, yeah, I've done that. We done that. We did that game in the show episode twenty five ish around there. Good fucking game. And from the official Asia Time community from Sonia B, I got to play a demo version of this game at STC twenty twelve, and you got twenty minutes with it. So I utilized my twenty minutes and explored and just had fun. The guys in the line behind me were upset, and I was like, "Excuse me, am I holding you up from spending more time in another line?" I just like that. <laughs> and from Tom Pollock. I got that super deluxe edition. The game was all right, but it just felt off a little compared to Arkham City. I made all my money back selling the statue, though, so it wasn't a total loss. From Jack Rodriguez, game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. From so Robin Youngman, I tried it recently for the first time. I didn't get very far into it. I was turned off by how stiff the combat felt compared to the other games. It seemed to have good atmosphere, but I wasn't feeling the gameplay. I can agree with that. And from Batman Arkham Knight official group, I got one comment from Steve Ironside. Main storyline is balls of the wall. Amazing. Some of the side quests are all right, like the detective ones, but all the other missions, Riddler trophies, anarchy shit, biggest waste of time. And that's all I got. So thank you for writing there. Yeah, no, I mean, there were some people that people, some people do not like this game, which apparently I'm talking to one of them on this episode with me. (laughs) We'll get there. We're almost there. And I think we should go to shelf stacker box. And I think we should start with a very positive note. So Kenneth, how about you? I'm going to put it in my stack. I'm not going to okay. box it like you think. <laughs> That's where I, I thought you were going. Was, yeah. This game was fine. Like, it's just, it felt like more of Arkham City, which, yes, it's disappointing to me. But if you like Arkham City, you're probably going to enjoy this game as long as you can play the patched version. Yeah. It's fine. It's just fine for okay. me. Uh, how about you, Blair? I just had to check my shelf because I have two copies on it. I thought I had the Wii U version, but I think I sold it or gave it to someone. Uh, I put it on the shelf. I really enjoy this game. I was always a fan. I know like a lot of people didn't like it when it came out, but I always I enjoyed the story and I always go back to it. Like around the holidays, it's just a great <laughs> Christmas game. Like you have this and a bunch of Batman Returns games. So there's a lot of great Batman games. And it's just like it's a lot of recycled stuff from City, like the settings and and that's and the combat and even the gadgets, like the only really new one, I guess, is like the glue grenade is just the ice bombs from City and yeah, the Destro Claws. Oh, yeah, I never brought up the Destro Claw, how it makes Predator sequence super easy. You can just like shoot people up on the gargoyles. I didn't want to talk about the 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 Deathstroke Claw because I had a better time of it in the Far Cry games. Yeah, <laughs> I never it's actually like played any of those. But, it's uh, pretty much the same the same uh, mechanic from Far Cry okay. 3. Yeah, I just, and, um, but I mean, for the time, it was okay, because, I mean, there was a young series. There was only two of these, so yes, it's more of that, but, you know, it's more of a good thing. So, I don't know, it never really bothered me. Okay, and I'll go last. This is also going to go on the shelf. So, as I, we've been covering the Arkham games, I've talked about how much I... I liked Origins, but I couldn't remember Origins. And then we went back and played it for the show this past week. I still had a great time with it. I still really like this game. I mean, the way I look at it is Arkham City and Arkham Island are like a, a great filet mignon steak. And this is just a, just a steak. I mean, not as good, you know, but it's still it's still a very good game. And yes, there are some stupid glitches that on the PC version that did not get patched, which were stupid. But you know what? That's not Montreal's fault when WB says we're not spending more money on this thing. You know, that's that's fine. Like, I still had a great time playing the game. 
I really enjoyed it. You, you know, even if, yes, some stuff doesn't really matter in, in the grand scheme of things, it's a prequel story that doesn't always happen. I, I'm so glad that we got to play it, and I'm so glad it exists. And I will always tell people that this is, I think I like this game more than Asylum now, since we've gone back to it. I might even like this game more than Arkham City, to be honest. I really like Arkham Origins. I just think it's kind of a bummer how, like, they did a return to Arkham set, and this one wasn't included, and... Like if you did play it on PlayStation, you have to stream it via PS now. And on Xbox One, it's backwards compatible, but you have to have the disc. Yeah, it. I, I feel like WB just got mad because it didn't sell what they expected and what they wanted, so they just shit on this game because of that. Yeah, I mean, it's I still fair. think if they put it on Switch, it probably still sell a million. So, wait, <laughs> well, no, it's a good. I mean, it it just it didn't rate as good as I think they were expecting. You know, it just it didn't sell the way they expect. So they so they just I think WB is a lot to blame for just shitting on this thing. Yeah, there was no like of the year edition or whatever, because they put out the the cold, cold heart DLC. And that's still I guess you have to have it. Like It wasn't like with Asylum and City where they put out like the game of the year editions where it kind of packaged everything into one like set. Even it though also, the City one had the terrible box art with all the quotes on it. It also never goes on sale as a guy who's been waiting for it for over a year now or close to a year sitting there watching on Steam. It has never gone on sale since I've been following it. Oh, well, I've gotten five other dollars. stuff on sale. Like I, I bought, bought it for $5 on PS3 a couple of years ago. <laughs> that's what I want to pay. Like it's $10 on Steam and that's where I bought the copy of this. And I just I, I really want to play because I want to do a mini episode DLC on it in the future. Probably all three of us again. But I'm just waiting for a sale and it won't go on sale and it's frustrating me. <laughs> and like the, the the other stuff for Arkham Knight went on sale. I went and bought Arkham Knight on Steam so I could have the package. You know, I had it for free on Epic, but I didn't. I wanted the DLC, so I had to buy it on there. Even that went on sale, but this has never went on sale. Is the Arkham Knight PC version stable now? Because I was speaking of Batman and PC, I, I hope remember so. when Arkham Knight came out, like they had to take it off the store for like a month or two. I hope so, since mm-hmm. I own it. <laughs> I don't. I, I think they did finally stabilize it. Like, it took months, but they got it. Okay. That's... Do you have a PS5? No. Okay. Because no. I know it's free, in air quotes, if you have, like, PlayStation Plus. Eh, I, yeah, I have a PS4, but I, never, I have no interest in it. Except I do want an Xbox Series X because my Xbox One broke. But that's more of I just want an Xbox. <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't have one anymore, and I have a ton of Xbox games. <laughs> so that's more of that than that. All right. And I also want to mention, I want to tell us what, you're gonna, what we're going to be talking about next week. So we go from playing this amazing game to talking about another amazing game. We're talking about Soul Blazer for Super Nintendo. Because I like going back and playing games from my childhood on this show. So that's why we're doing that. Probably most people don't know what Soul Blazer is, but it's a good, it's a good little action game. So you will hear about it next week if you tune in. And uh, Blair, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Blarcade. You can also visit comicbookvideogames.com where you can find all of my work and links to my books, including the recently released, re-released rather, Web of Spider-Man Games Turbo Edition, uh, which is very inexpensive on the Amazon Kindle store uh, <laughs> with a great new cover by Rusty Shackles and a new edit for my trusted friend. I think it's great, and check it out. All right, and you will see a link in the show notes to it. So, and as I said at the top of the show, 
uh, we have a Patreon going on right now. And because of if we're getting into October, we are starting our spooky Patreon. So as little as a dollar, you can go on to our to our Patreon site. You will see a link in the show notes to gain my mom found Patreon. And you can vote. And this current poll that we have coming up, we have four horror movies. Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. The Witch, 2015. Reanimator from 1985 or Poltergeist 1982. You get to choose what shitty horror movie I have to sit through and review and do an episode about. So, and I hate horror movies, by the way. So, for as little as a dollar, you can vote and you can make that happen. Uh, I don't like horror movies either, but I heard The Witch is a 10 out of 10. Yeah, me too. So, I'm I'm okay with three of the things on this list. I do not want to see Reanimator because I've, I've heard that's, yeah. Reanimator is so. great. Mm-hmm. I'm stunned. I'm stunned that you would even say those horrible things in my presence, Mike. I, I like I like Nightmare on Elm Street. Does that count? Oh. <laughs> so I. Go- mm. Oh, and before I forget, if you need more Batman, because if there's one thing we do on the show, we do Batman apparently all the damn time, and I almost forgot again. So if you're looking for more Batman, I will tell you what Batman episode you can go listen to if it loads and I can type Batman correctly, because apparently I can't. All right, we did Batman Massive Fantastic, one of the best animated movies, uh, Film 17. Batman Arkham City DLC, Harley Quinn's Revenge, where we, me and Ken complain. A Mini 13, Batman Arkham City, episode 118. Batman Arkham City Comic 24, we talked about the comic leading into the game. Batman The Killing Joe, Comic 22. Batman Arkham Asylum, episode 97. Batman The Long Halloween, Comic 17, one of Kenneth's fam- favorite comics. Mm-hmm. Batman... Death of the Family, Comic 8, Batman Hush, Comic 3, and Episode 3, we covered the Batman game for Genesis, which is about the first movie, which I don't remember that episode at all. So that is all the Batman stuff we have done. For now. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's more coming. I already have more on the horizon. You'll probably, you will most likely hear another Batman episode in the same in spooky time that's coming up very soon because we oh, love Batman. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who who does who did the who does the MCU stuff with me, which is almost wrapping up. He started his own podcast, A Gamer Looks at Forty. So definitely go check him out. You will see a link in the show notes to his podcast. And I want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, aka Mike Tony from CP Bite the Bullet. Song the Cool Kid Squad. Definitely go check him out. You will see a link in the show notes to his YouTube channel. And last thing, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube. So definitely go follow us on there. It's no video, it's just audio. But hey, some people rather listen to podcasts on YouTube. So we're there. And that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. So long. Bye. And the final way to finish off the episode, right? Two gun, bitch. Two gun. <laughs> <laughs>